Letter three of the Sylph. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Celine Major. The Sylph by Georgiana Cavendish, Duchess of Devonshire. Letter three. To Miss Grenville how strange does it seem my dearest louisa to address you at this distance what is it that has supported me through this long journey and given me strength to combat with all the softer feelings to quit a respectable parent and a beloved sister to leave such dear and tender relations and accompany a man to whom four months since i was wholly a stranger i am a wretched reasoner at best i am therefore at a loss to unravel this mystery it is true it became my duty to follow my husband but that a duty so newly entered into should supersede all others is certainly strange you will say you wonder these thoughts did not arise sooner they did my dear but the continual agitation of my spirit since i married prevented my paying any attention to them perhaps those who have been accustomed to the bustles of the world would laugh at my talking of the agitation of spirits in the course of an affair which was carried on with the most methodical exactness but then it is their being accustomed to bustles which could ensure their composure on such an important occasion i am young and inexperienced and what is worst of all a perfect stranger to the disposition of sir william he may be a very good sort of man yet he may have some faults which are at present unknown to me i am resolved however to be as indulgent to them as possible should i discover any and as for my own i will strive to conceal them under an implicit obedience to his will and pleasure as to giving you an account of this hurrying place it is totally out of my power i made sir william laugh very heartily several times at my ignorance we came into town at a place called piccadilly where there was such a crowd of carriages of all sorts that i was perfectly astonished and absolutely frightened i begged sir william would order the drivers to stop till they were gone by this entreaty threw him almost into a convulsion of laughter at my simplicity but i was still more amazed when he told me they would continue driving with the same vehemence all night for my part i could not hear my own voice for the continual rattle of coaches etc i still could not help thinking it must be some particular rejoicing day from the immense concourse of people i saw rushing from all quarters and yet sir william assured me the town was very empty mercy defend us cried winifred when i informed her what her master had said what a place must it be when it is full for the people have not room to walk as it is i cautioned win to discover her ignorance as little as possible but i doubt both mistress and maid will be subjects of mirth for some time to come i have not yet seen anything as there is a ceremony to be observed among people of rank in this place no married lady can appear in public till she has been properly introduced to their majesties alas what will become of me upon an occasion so singular sir william has been so obliging as to bespeak the protection of a lady who is perfect mistress of the etiquettes of courts she will pay me a visit previous to my introduction and under her tuition i am told i have nothing to fear all my hopes are that i may acquit myself so as to gain the approbation of my husband husband what a sound has that when pronounced by a girl barely seventeen 
and one whose knowledge of the world is merely speculative one who born and bred in obscurity is equally unacquainted with men and manners i have often revolved in my mind what could be the inducement of my father's total seclusion from the world for what little hints i and you whose penetration is deeper than mine could gather have only served to convince us he must have been extremely ill-treated by it to have been constrained to make a vow never again to enter into it and in my mind the very forming of a vow looks as if he had loved it to excess and therefore made his retreat from it more solemn than a bare resolution lest he might from a change of circumstances or sentiments again be seduced by its attractions and by which he had suffered so much do you know i have formed the wish of knowing some of those incidents in his history which have governed his actions will you my dear louisa hint this to him he may by such a communication be very serviceable to me who am such a novice i foresee i shall stand in need of instructors otherwise i shall make but an indifferent figure in the drama everything and everybody makes an appearance so widely opposite to my former notions that i find myself every moment at a loss and know not to whom to apply for information i am apprehensive i shall tire sir william to death with my interrogatories besides he gave me much such a hint as i gave win not to betray my ignorance to every person i met with and yet without asking questions i shall never attain the knowledge of some things which to me appear extremely singular the ideas i possessed while among the mountains seem entirely useless to me here nay i begin to think i might as well have learnt nothing and that the time and expense which were bestowed on my education were all lost since i even do not know how to walk a minuet properly would you believe it sir william has engaged a dancing-master to put me into a genteel and polite method of acquitting myself with propriety on the important circumstance of moving about a room gracefully shall i own i felt myself mortified when he made the proposition i could even have shed tears at the humiliating figure i made in my own eyes however i had resolution to overcome such an appearance of weakness and turned it off with a smile saying i thought i had not stood in need of any accomplishment since i had had sufficient to gain his affections i believe he saw i was hurt and therefore took some pains to reassure me he told me that though my person was faultless yet from my seclusion from it i wanted an air of the world he himself saw nothing but perfection in me but he wished those who were not blinded by passion should think me not only the most beautiful but likewise the most polished woman at court is there not a little vanity in this louisa but sir william is i find a man of the world and it is my duty to comply with everything he judges proper to make me what he chooses Monsieur fierville pays me great compliments who is he you will ask why my dancing-master my dear i am likewise to take some lessons on the harpsichord as sir william finds great fault with my fingering and thinks i want taste in singing i always looked on taste as genuine and inherent to ourselves but here taste is to be acquired and what is infinitely more astonishing still it is variable so though i may dance and sing in taste now a few months hence i may have another method to learn which will be the taste then it is a fine time for teachers when scholars are never taught we used to think to be made perfect mistress of anything was sufficient but in this world it is very different you have a fresh lesson to learn every winter as a proof 
they had last winter one of the first singers in the world at the opera house this winter they had one who surpassed her this assertion you and i should think nonsense since according to our ideas nothing can exceed perfection the next who comes over will be superior to all others that ever arrived the reason is every one has a different mode of singing a taste of their own which by arbitrary custom is for that cause to be the taste of the whole town these things appear incomprehensible to me but i suppose use will reconcile me to them as it does others by whom they must once have been thought strange i think i can discover sir william stanley has great pride that is he is a slave to fashion he is ambitious of being a leading man his house his equipage and wife in short everything which belongs to him must be admired and i can see he is not a little flattered when they meet with approbation although from persons of whose taste and knowledge of life he has not the most exalted idea it would look very ungrateful in me if i was to make any complaints against my situation and yet would it not be more so to my father and you if i was not to say i was happier whilst with you i certainly was i will do sir william the justice to say he contributed to make my last two months residence very pleasant he was the first lover i ever had at least the first that ever told me he loved the distinction he paid me certainly made some impression on my heart every female has a little vanity but i must enlarge my stock before i can have a proper confidence in myself in this place my singing-master has just been announced he is a very great man in his way so i must not make him wait besides my letter is already a pretty reasonable length adieu my dearest sister say everything duteous and affectionate for me to my father and tell yourself that i am ever yours julia stanley End of letter three.